My ungodly podcast speaks to you on All Hallows Eve when the moon is round. A virgin will summon us from under the ground. Oh ho! You'll raise five-star reviews on Apple or Spotify, and you'll follow us on social media at Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We shall be back, and the lives of children of Salem will be mine. Hocus Pocus coming up next. Haven't seen it with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenet. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And today, that is both of us. We're both watching Hocus Pocus for the very first time. Are you really telling me that neither of us have seen goddamn Hocus Pocus? Yeah, this is one of those movies. It's a weird movie. It's it's weird, the cultural genesis. Sorry, I interrupted you, Tommy. Please. It's okay. <laughs> no, um, yeah, this is a movie that like uh that my friends like will tell me like over and over, like, have you never seen Hocus Pocus? And before now, I was just like, I don't know. Like we just missed out on all the ABC family like airings that they do this yearly, where it's just this is like people's Halloween traditions right here watching this movie. And that's why they probably greenlit the sequel. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like a huge movie. I don't think i heard of this until like high school mm-hmm. and like you know 17 year old me is not gonna watch some like disney live action disney movie that follows like haunted witches or whatever you know whatever i my preconceived notions of the movie were but the sequel hocus pocus 2 got greenlit one do you think that's a good idea like not in terms of like the streaming numbers that'll it will inevitably do on Disney Plus, but more of like, do you think that was actually a good idea to make it like, like, do you think that there's going to be any originality in the sequel whatsoever? I, I mean, I, th- I can see the story being just like, oh yeah, they pop up again. I mean, like this pretty much left it very open to a sequel, but creativity, they're probably just going to run back the well and just you know play the same jokes over and over and over again. But I mean, I don't know. I got sixty two percent Rotten Tomatoes, which. It's not like you know the greatest movie of all time, but that's better than I think either of us were expecting. I was expecting like terrible or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw some things that were like it was trash. When I was trying to pull clips for this movie, I would type in Hocus Pocus best clips, and it's all these obnoxious who do they think they are podcasters reacting to Hocus Pocus 2 and how good of a movie it is. Like, where do these people get off thinking that they can have a podcast? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, we 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 came up with the idea a year ago, so come on. I mean, YouTube for podcasts? What's this? <laughs> what is this? A format for podcasts for ants? <laughs> Zoolander yeah. joke kind of landed. That was like a Tommy half-hearted, like, I need to give you a courtesy laugh right there. Well, also, Zoolander's a movie that I've never seen all the way through, so future episode. <laughs> that That actually is a future episode, but that's not this episode. This episode is Hocus Pocus. Wednesday on Magical World of Disney. It's an evening of hungry witches, and you won't believe what they're cooking up. I'll 
love was put in. I of you, toe of frog. This one. Talk about your bad eating habits. Whatever happened to the four food groups? Oops. Thanks for Two movies that are sure to satisfy your appetite for magic and mayhem. And don't forget to add a dash of... When you try a little Hocus Pocus and Double Double Toil and Trouble. Wednesday on Disney. Movies at 7, 6 Central. The weather draws cold and the blankets come out. You're nestled on the couch and looking for something easy to watch. Why not Hocus Pocus, the cult classic October flick? It will delight you with song, dance, and scare. You'll watch Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najmi kill it each second they're on screen and beg for them to come back when they disappear. Discover The Haunting of Salem at the hand of the Sanderson sisters and watch a black cat completely wreck their night. That was a Disney clip, Tommy. Uh, it was for, for like the Disney Channel. Yeah. Are you, are well, you aware I... that exists? The, the Disney has a TV channel. Who would have known? Well, no, I, I was I was thinking earlier because like you found like a double feature one where like this honestly like does feel at some points more of like a Disney Channel original movie than it does like an actual theatrical, you know. So I mean, it makes sense that like you know this movie didn't apparently do like too hot in the box office, and this really just took over because like constant airings over Disney Channel, ABC Family, Fox Family, or whatever. Like this is probably like right now going to be in their thirty-one days of Halloween or something. Oh, one hundred percent going to be on. It's freeform now. Yeah. It's yeah. 100% oh yeah. Freeform. Going to be. It's hundred percent going to be there. Yeah. This movie's a weird time capsule because like all the beats of the story just scream that it's a uh, you know Disney Channel original movie, but the budget like you could see the budget in this like like mm-hmm. the sets and stuff like the makeup the costumes like. They look they look good. Like they look really good. Like the production design on this for like a charming little, you know, spooky story. It's not really scary. It's mm. more of like it's more of like a fish out of water kids version of of the of your typical like witches, witches yeah. sisters. So speaking of the budget, I mean, like this was apparently um the first digital um effect ever in a Disney movie. So like that's this is how much of the budget it was at the same time, like in terms of tone, it does really feel like your typical Disney Friday night movie or whatever. Or we watch it. I want to say before we dive deeper into the movie, this movie has definitely gotten a reputation amongst people, our generation um, as a Netflix and chill movie. You know what I mean? It's got that little <laughs> hocus pocus, like, ho- you know, girl, you I, know, I, ho- I, I, I hocus did. pocus and chill. You had a hocus pocus. Is that the new thing? I did see a meme today about that, actually. So maybe you're catching on. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. But also, like, the movie weirdly matches that energy. Like, I know Disney movies <laughs> always. No, but it does. Like, you, Disney, you're not wrong. Disney movies always, have, like, definitely put more innuendos and stuff in there. Like, sneak it under the radar. This was, like, blatant. Like, I think of the, the like, they're, they call the main character Max a virgin like to his face like a hundred times because max screws up he doesn't believe in the sanderson sisters he's a virgin that lights the candles and then like the punchline of the joke from there is like at any point they get they mention that he's a virgin Mm -hmm. sarah jessica parker is like a seductress in this yeah constantly even like to max where she's like Oh, like I'll I'll take your virginity, Max. It's like, whoa, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> I, I mean, she like leans into that energy and then they go to where the Max's parents are at the thing, and like the mom's in this like really 
ridiculous like Madonna costume, and yeah. the the uh, the the sister Dan, uh, Danny, who's played by Thora Birch, who is your typical sassy little girl in any of these Disney movies. Mm. Uh, and she's like, "Mom, what are you wearing?" Like she's more horrified of what her mother is wearing than from any of the scares in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like the witches are one thing, but like, mom, like, put away that outfit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So like it, it it has this like it, there's nothing like direct about it. There's nothing that's like, you know, think of you know, we're covering horror movies in October. Most horror movies have that sex scene that leads to a teenager getting killed, right? That's one of the famous rules in Scream, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean obviously it doesn't have this because this is Disney, but I mean like Sarah Jessica Parker. And that one scene where like the uh with Gary Marshall where he keeps on going over and over again, being like, Oh, he, he she called me master. <laughs> oh, that that scene was great. Um the scene with with them where they're 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 I honestly mm. the plot's like a little bit con, con, not confusing, like it's very straightforward what the plot is, but like the points that they jump to don't always make sense like they have flying brooms but then they get on a bus because they see a bus and they're like what's this right because it's a fish out of water story yeah just so attempt to find comedy sometimes yeah i mean and yeah i i think it works for the movie's favor and honestly i think part of the charm is that like these things just slide because that's that's who this is intended for it's intended for a seven-year-old who's not paying attention to these little things that's going to be cinema sinning ding 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 error 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 like that's not that's not the spirit of this movie the movie's just a fun little adventure in your hometown you know any yeah. kid can kind of picture this happening to them uh with their imagination but like the bus ride like sarah jessica parker is like sitting on the bus driver's lap and he's like hey, can i get your phone number your area code please anything like that dude was that dude was was really uh, he was matching you know, some energy right there <laughs> i think he was oh i think he i think that's the one dude that actually creeped her out which is hard to do but then they go yeah. to the neighborhood they're like stunned that there's all these kids in costumes trick-or-treating and they go into uh gary marshall's house they think he's actually the devil uh so gary marshall the director one of his films we covered pretty woman and his wife is played by penny marshall who is another famous film director, A League of Their Own. If you haven't seen A League of Their Own, please go see A League of Their Own. And the way that... I have. Pe- the way that Penny Marshall plays off of that energy, like the contrast between these like witches who think it's, you know, 1630, whatever, and like this housewife that, that like doesn't, couldn't give a fuck anymore. It's a really, it's a, it's a really funny scene watching her just kick, kick them out. Honey, I lost five pounds according to the bed. Okay, that's it. Party's over. Get out of my house. Then I get out of here. Get out of my house, darling. Calm down, pudding face. Shove it, Satan. Oh, thou should not speak to master in such a manner. <laughs> they call me master. Wait do you see what I'm going to call you. Now, tart face, take your clock bars and get out of my house. Make us. Holy bunch.
I find that scene so funny because Penny Marshall is playing a completely different energy than mm. literally everybody else in the movie. Everybody else is kind of like into this whimsicality, into like the stereotypical 90s thing. Like Max doesn't believe in the Sanderson sisters at first, but you know, he's your typical 90s kid with a kick ass room and a drum set and sweet shoes, right? Like, like he's got that like hippie sh- Grateful Dead shirt on or tie dye shirt on. Tie dye shirt, ca- Cali bro that just moved across yeah. the coasts. It's got, and like, she's the only person that, like, quite literally couldn't care at all that it's <laughs> Halloween. Like, not, not, she has the things in her hair that for the curls or whatever. Yeah. Uh, smoking a cigarette. Her husband's dressed up as the devil and, and she wants absolutely nothing to do and i love when he invites them inside the house too and you think like they're getting invited to a party or something and it's just this dude in his house and his wife sitting there being completely miserable the entire just time. just like what like who the hell did you invite this time come on come on in you think all night he's just picking up like random girls dressed up like hot or something like, that. like oh come on in come on in I mean that old pervy guy i think they were the only ones naive enough to come in but they also like <laughs> thought he literally was satan yeah. So I that that's why the movie was the best. I mean, like they when they really played up the almost like sitcom y fish out of water elements of them. Um it just where the humor really landed for me, where like I was laughing out loud, especially during that scene where it's just over and over the way he says, She called me Matt, can you call me master? <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. Can you dance with me, master? It's yeah, like whoa. <laughs> and then so, uh Kathy Kathy Nejimi, Mary Sanderson. We're just gonna call them by their actresses' names then. They're the Sanderson sisters, but she's like discovering the TV and she's like playing with the remote, changing the channels. Yeah, it is that weird fish out of water. And then like, I'm not being a nitpicky asshole. It's just something that popped out of me at the end. When Bette Midler's chasing her with the car. She like leans in. She's like, you have your driver's permit. It's like you would have no idea what the hell a driver's permit is. That that box looks like witchcraft to you. Yeah. And you're a witch. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be a little nitpicky, but I guess because like. Oh, I almost feel like Disney movies get a pass of that, or especially like the tone, where it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I don't care. Uh, it yeah. doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie at all. Yeah. It's just one of those like they really played heavily into the fish out of water scenes mm-hmm. with the Sanderson sisters, and then it's like she's at the end. They were just like running out of time in the screenplay. It's like she wouldn't know what a driver's permit is. Yeah, who cares? Ah, fuck it. It's a wacky line. Kids will laugh forever. Let's move on. It'll get a so, chuckle, uh, yeah. Uh, so of the three witches, uh, which one was your favorite? I I think this is... I think Bette Midler. I mean, all three of them are really fantastic. Uh, mm. I think this is Bette Midler's... Like, one of her iconic roles. Definitely an iconic role to people born in the 90s. Like, what they're going to know her for. Like, all her mm. parents are going to know them from, you know, from all her work in the 70s and the 80s. But like this is the one that if you ask any 25 year old like who is bet midler <laughs> who is bet midler it's it's going to be as the main sanderson sister yeah she's good and she's funny but like i think that of, of the three personally for me would be kathy najami uh as mary sanderson she just was very wacky and very she like really understood the tone of just like how cartoonish this had to be like the little like half like side face thing she did with her uh, face over and over again it was just so wacky and just so funny and like she really just brought out the humor in this movie i feel like <laughs> yeah she definitely brought out the humor um i i think she was i i think she was good i think 
I, all three of them are good. It's it's not mm-hmm. even nitpicky. I just I think Bette Midler stands out because she's the only one with like a purpose. Like I think of that ending, and like the broom gets caught, and like she's trying to force the potion down the girl's throat, and Bette Midler's like calling the sisters over to come, and they're just like doing their own little thing on the side because that's what needs to happen to make sure the protagonist lives at the end, yeah. right? Like again, not nitpicking, just making some casual observations but i i thought no but i thought she was able to really blend the line of comedic and like menacing yeah where she was messing did... enough yeah the other two were cartoony characters and they weren't really messing at all i mean sarah jessica parker's maybe a little creepy when she's doing the siren song but i wouldn't say like i ever was really scared by her i don't know <laughs> there, yeah there's nothing really scary well, yeah. even Battle of the <laughs> If yeah. you're if you're over the age of four, there's nothing scary in this movie, but it just it really captures a charm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I I can't speak on the sequel. I haven't seen it. I probably won't watch the sequel. This feels like a lightning in the bottle movie, where mm-hmm. they got the right energy from the cast, they got the right performances, the right actresses, and the right the right level of of script that blends enough humor enough fish out of water and enough of a plot to like give this movie a lot of heart to it. I have a really hard time believing that that's going to be true in Hocus Pocus 2, but it could be wrong. Yeah. For all, and it could be a situation where that movie is just like, Oh, it's fun to see the three bouncing off each other again. Um, but otherwise, eh. but I mean, honestly, like with the witching wishes casting, I mean, it was really great. Cause if this movie had like one wink link of the witches and, it wouldn't work whatsoever. It'd be boring or slog or just like, oh God. Uh Chorus Leachman was apparently the person they had in mind to play the Bette Miller part at first. And I like Chorus Leachman, but she would have been too she wouldn't be able to play like the more goofy side of this, I feel like, as much. No, uh I don't think so either. And talked a lot about the witches. I think we need to talk about our trio of heroes. <laughs> which like a lot of them are bland i mean I, max do you, do you know who was up for the role of max at first max keeble uh no no uh fucking leonardo dicaprio was almost uh he was oh this the movie role. would this movie would have been a million times better <laughs> with like baby leo in this yeah, oh my baby, god it was baby leo was originally apparently offered the role and then he turned this down for what's eating gilbert grape which i mean probably better career decision for him way better career decision yeah Wait, did you, I? I definitely sent you this. Leo Timothy Chalamet talked about the first time he met Leo it was right after a screening of of um, Call Me by Your Name in 2017, and he's like, says something like, "You have talent. I have two rules for you to follow: no hard drugs and no superhero films." <laughs> right, but like, no, like the image Leo has cultivated now is like always taking on serious performances and like in this era of Hollywood you do have to account for stars that can draw people into theaters that aren't just looking for the paycheck like that are willing to make more dramatic movies because a lot of the stuff like I didn't love The Revenant personally but a movie like The Revenant doesn't get made if Leo's not fully backing it as the lead Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like one of the few guys that like can be bankable as a movie star. I mean, like Tom Cruise would be the other one, really, at this point. <laughs> or is that yeah. like else needs to be kind of like attached to an IP? Yeah, everything's so IP based now, and like I really like that kind of direction that Leo has given, and I like that 
Timothy Chalamet has pretty much followed that in stride. I think Dune's the only. Dune's kind of a superhero movie in a way. It, it's so. It's a blockbuster, I guess. No, but I... it, no, it's like a weird sci-fi movie. That it's sounds... a shit movie is what it is. <laughs> Tommy, we're having a wonderful conversation about and I'm just, childhood I'm just classic. And you really want to get shit on in a debate about Dune, bro? Oh, yeah, no, this is going to be like the constant bit over and over again. So anyways, uh, back to the movie. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio would have been a lot better as Max. Uh, the guy who played Max here, he was Omri Katz. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, he was, you know, he's honestly, I think I would have been taken out of the movie if I just saw like Leo DiCaprio or just been staring at it. Like, what is Leo DiCaprio doing in Hocus Pocus? Well, it, it would almost been like last week when we covered fucking Johnny Depp being a Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, that worked a little bit better there, but like Leo would have just taken you immediately out of this. <laughs> yeah, Leo would have taken you immediately out of this. I, you know, I think Johnny Depp has aged worse not quite a fine wine uh, yeah. where leo definitely has aged more gracefully and like looks more like his counterpart he also you... would have been like 14 probably right 14 15 16 mm. he would have looked more like leo where johnny depp was like 22 just getting his first break like leo's been in hollywood since he could remember then you have thora birch who plays danny max his sister um i did have a note that like you know they go trick-or-treating before they w- awake the Sanderson sisters. And he goes into his crush's house. Uh, Allison Watts played by Vanessa Shaw, who we'll cover in a moment. But they, th- she's like, oh, I'll show you the museum. My mom used to curate it, but it's abandoned now. And the sister's like, I don't want to go. It's going to be scary. And and she's, and he's like, okay, what what? I'll do anything for you. He's like, you have to be Peter Pan in tights next year for Halloween. And then, like, five minutes later, she's being tied up in a chair by three witches that just appeared out of nowhere. It's like, she made, like, the worst deal in the history of deals yeah. in that trade offer. <laughs> I, I, don't even, I don't even remember that, word, but, yeah, it was just, like, damn. I mean, I, I thought Day was cute. I mean, she played, like, a perfect oh, yeah. like, little Disney kid. And Thora Birch, I mean, she's always great. <laughs> yeah, she she played a perfect little sassy kid. Um, gave, gave a few uh, moments of levity in the movie. Vanessa Shaw, on the other hand, I actually don't have any critiques about her performance, but man, they didn't give her anything to do in this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, because there wasn't your, really a performance. <laughs> they're, they're part of this trio, and she's just standing in the background the entire time. It's like you couldn't give her like two lines or make her have like a presto moment. But I guess like, none of the characters really have a presto moment. They just kind of go from place to place and are guided by a cat. Yeah, but still, I mean, even like, you know, Max and Danny at least got like wacky moments or character moments or like anything. But like, what do we know about like uh, freaking Vanessa Shaw? Just like whether her parents run the antique store. She literally was just like an extra body on set, practically. Pretty girl that got cast because she was pretty girl. And like, I, I don't know a ton of her work. I would assume that she's more than capable of doing more than what she was given in hocus pocus she apparently was in ray donovan now and um the hills have eyes remake and she was an eyes wide shot show i mean like she's been in like productions you know yeah and so it's just she's literally just like, wasn't given anything. exactly she, she just wasn't really given anything here you almost wonder if like there's a cut where like they gave her a little more stuff to do and they're like ah we don't really need it. i i would actually 
agree with that though in in like terms of the cuts like i mean you could have just re-edited it to give her probably a little more give danny and max a little less could have cut out the entire bullies things like your two stereotypical 90s bullies max what, what of what which was like jay and silent bob was in this movie fucking jay was in this movie <laughs> well they go max oh that was jay no it wasn't but like that was what i was thinking because the guy's oh, name was, it was jay. that it was that energy yeah, it was that same energy, and it was like the same exact type of hair and everything. <laughs> Do you think that Kevin Smith stole from Hocus Pocus the concept of Jay and Silent Bob? As a Kevin Smith fan, deep down in your heart, do you know it? Because now that you mention it, 100%, I agree. Yeah, yeah, the, the straight through line right there. I mean, like, to be fair, Jason Mewes was known as Jay, and he based that performance off Jason Mewes. So the real question is, did Jason Mewes steal a shtick from Hocus Pocus? That's where the rap that's goes deeper. What I, that's what I just said. You know, you're asking if Kevin Smith did. I said, what if Jason Mewes just stole and Kevin Smith wasn't aware? Maybe Kevin Smith is an unwilling conspirator in this. <laughs> Man, you really are a Kevin Smith defender. And I love you for it. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Jay, Jay's in this, uh, but, you know, it's random. Yeah. It, I like love that they were they were in the beginning, like Max bikes to a graveyard or for no reason. And then they pop up like they're just there and they're like harassing him. Oh, Hollywood, do you have sneakers or whatever? Uh, and they like steal his shoes. And then I love at the end when they go to rescue the sister, like the Sanderson sisters have them trapped in a cage. We don't see them for an hour of the movie. And then they're outside. They bump past with the Sanderson sisters and they get captured. And they're like, can you help us, please? And they just leave them and... <laughs> bail i was like, that, credit, that credit got a laugh that got a laugh out of me i was you, like oh you I thought, it's a disney movie like they'll probably do the right thing and we'll get them along for the rest of the ride nope nope fuck stay those bullies your, stay, stay in your cage don't be a bully you you'd love to see like a like a post-credit scene or something like that of just them just like waiting like guys is anyone coming hello <laughs> yeah no that would have been the that that's the marvel scene that's the marvel fan and you talking tommy well, oh, uh, after credit scene. Yeah, well, that's a little different one. It's not like fucking like, oh, like I'm here to take you into the Witch Avengers or something. <laughs> yeah, no. Actually, that would have been pretty based if they had done that. Not going to lie. I've been like, so set up the sequel 35 years later, like the Sanderson sisters just appear and the bullies are now part of the Sanderson sisters. Now there's five. <laughs> no. Well, apparently there was like originally five in this movie. Uh, this movie basically took shape because producer David Kirshner uh, came up with the film when he was with his young daughter sitting outside and, and his neighbor's black cat strayed by. So he invented a tale of how the cat was once a boy who was char, uh, changed into a feline 300 years ago by witches. Um, then Mick Garrison to bring the script right here. And it was originally darker and scarier, which wouldn't have really worked. I mean, I feel like this kind of hit a right tone of just being more of a kid friendly stuff, stuff, but uh, they tried to, uh, they bought up, sorry, Disney bought it. And then Garris and Kirshner tried to pitch it to Spielberg to help out with Disney, and Spielberg refused. He was like, I don't want to work with Disney. Disney's my rival. They make kind of similar family movies to Amplin Entertainment. No. So instead, just Disney came around, and then this film was in development hell until Bettenletter came around and really wanted to do it. And that's where it took off. And I think there's one specific reason that Bette Midler wanted to do this. And that's, I want to put a spell on you. And I do love, we're not going to play the song. You can go find it if you know it, if you love it. I'm sure you have it readily accessible. It is spooky season. 
But I love the build up to that where Max tries to get people to pay attention and they just play right into it and then go into a full theatrical number. Works only in a Disney movie. Hey, cut the music, cut the music. Adam, in the middle of a song. It's an emergency, only for a minute. Will everybody listen up, please? No, just getting everybody worked up. Your kids are in danger. 300 years ago, the Sanderson sisters bewitched people. Now they've returned from their grave. It's not a joke. Uh, this has no, gone far no, enough. I know this sounds dumb, but they're here tonight. They're right over there. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Max, for that marvelous introduction. <laughs> I put a spell on you. Uh, you get you really get the sense from Bette Midler in that like she loves like the the show tunes she loves the theatric like that's where she's at her best man like you, you know you said she was a driving force behind this made like you can definitely feel there was a passion from her to make this movie mm-hmm. she really buys into like the corniness of the central character and everything like that and the movie works mainly because of her absolutely I am a star I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. So we, we're, we've definitely been debating it, but we could debate it a little bit further. Um, who's the star of the movie, Tommy? I, I mean, it's almost like you want to give out like a three-person trophy because the witches are all pretty much they, together. The whole time. Yeah, like you don't really have much individual scenes of like one witch being off and off. So, I mean, I guess by default, maybe Bette Midler. But I mean, like like I said before, Kathy Najami, she was my favorite witch. And I think she was like, the most comedic role in this. And she was definitely the most comedic. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker was like the most seductive in this. Uh, we America had still not discovered that she has a face like a horse. That comes one year later in Ed Wood. <laughs> She yeah. literally says the lines in Ed Wood. She looks into the camera and goes, I really have a face like a horse and props to her for delivering those lines. Not easy for an actress to to say. But I, for me, it's Bette Midler. I was saying it before. You can just feel the passion she has towards this character, towards this movie. It's, it definitely lit a creative spark in her. She's just having so much fun and it like it radiates off the screen. It's mm-hmm. another element of the charm to this movie. For me, it, it, if we got to pick one of the three, they're kind of lumped together. They're iconic in that sense as a trio. But if mm-hmm. we were going to just pick one of them, for me, it would be Bette Midler. She's the, kind of like the Larry of like the Three Stooges or something, you know, the one that's just like hogtying them around, be like, come on, you idiots, let's do this. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's the she's the ringleader for sure. Yeah. Ah, are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. Tommy, would Hocus Pocus work as a Muppet adaptation? I think, like, absolutely. And, like, there already was some light puppetry work, I feel like, to begin with, with, like, Billy uh, or ever or um, the cat and whatever. So, I mean, you you could just make the witches just Muppets. And maybe Bette Midler stays the same. And, I don't know, just make them more wacky and more cartoons from there. (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, the Henson Studios, like, they would have a fun with this like hocus pocus 2 should have just been a reimagining as a muppet adaptation like actually like they should have just redone the first movie and made it a muppet adaptation like i think that would would miss piggy obviously be ben midler and like sarah jessica parker would be uh 
what's it called? The girl from the Dr. Teeth band. Yeah, Janice. <laughs> Janice. Janice. Yeah, she'd be she'd be Janice and then I'm, Kathy Najami, I'm not sure. Which yeah, who it would be. But I, I think there's I one of the there's definitely one that looks like very much like a witch, and I think like they could have just played into that or maybe even made like a custom Muppet to match that energy. But I, I think this would have been a lot of fun as a Muppet adaptation. It has the show tunes. It has like it has the story that the Muppets, I think, would be able to put their brand of humor on and, and make it their own while keeping it fairly faithful to the original. Yeah, no, 100%. It would have been great. <laughs> All right, Tommy, review time. All right, so this... Um, so this is a fun little first watch. Um, you know, this movie is very fun and very charming. Uh, there's not really a lot of meat on the bones, I feel like, in terms of plot. This is more almost kind of like a sitcom situation of seeing the witches going over and over again into like different situations. Um, most of the human characters outside the witches are kind of bland. I feel like Max is kind of a little bland, and um, you know, the girlfriend, like we said, is given nothing to do. So I'm gonna go. I think 3.5 out of 5 because the witch's performance just really just elevate this movie to me and makes it really just laugh. But outside of them, you're not going to really get that much. Yeah, uh, I, I'm i going to give this a 3 out of 5. Um, I just I think there's just a lot of charm in this movie that just resonates. Even in the parts that are kind of like, eh, like it's all a part of the charm. It's all a part of the time that it was made. Like you mm. can just you can feel 1993, 1994 and just like stamp it on this movie. And it feels right out of that era uh I, I i enjoyed this as i may come off more as the cynical one out of the two of us i did have a fun time watching this it's a fun little adventure set in your hometown any kid could imagine that this could happen to them um the the sanderson sisters performance is excellent it's a fun time it's definitely a nice easy watch i would definitely recommend it if if you haven't seen it before so tommy any final thoughts um so thank you guys so much for listening you can uh follow us on social media at seen it pod that's on twitter instagram um or tiktok and leave us five star reviews on spotify or apple wherever you get your podcast really helps us out and you know we're continuing our horror month and next week we're gonna be covering uh dawn of the dead you know more zombies this time instead of just billy the butcher there's gonna be a ton of zombies uh Timmy, are you excited for all the zombies? I am like not a zombie person at all, but <laughs> I respect George Romero, so this is a I, I, I'm I'm conflicted, but I'm going in with an open mind. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week.